Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. I am Gurdjit Deegan, Campaign's Creativity and Culture Editor. So today we have a Super Bowl special where we will discuss a few of the ads and what the top creators in the UK thought of them. So today joining me is Sean McElrath, Global Chief Creative Officer at Iris Worldwide, who is here in the studio. And we also have Shelley Smola, Chief Creative Officer at Droga 5 London, and Frankie Goodwin, Chief Creative Officer at Saatchi and Saatchi London, who are joining us virtually. Hello to you all. Hi. Hi. So we are recording this on Monday the 13th of February, the morning after the Super Bowl. Last night's game saw the Kansas City Chiefs become NFL champions, beating the Philadelphia Eagles. And the other big news was that Rihanna kind of revealed that she was having another baby during her epic halftime performance. So did anyone get a chance to watch some of it or all of it? I did. <laughs> Frankie. Yeah, I made it all the way to the end. Yeah, and you said espresso martinis three. Yes, espresso martinis are essential in the fourth quarter. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have the tip about the espresso martinis, so I didn't make it to the end, (laughs) but I did watch. (laughs) um, I I made it to the halftime show, and then shortly after that, I don't remember exactly when, I kind of nodded off. (laughs) <laughs> I hear, yeah that, that is, that's quite a yeah because it starts at what 11 30 our time so it's yeah. quite late isn't it? yeah I left it to my son to watch it on some dodgy streaming site and <laughs> actually he's he's he was at school in America so he he understands it and was able to sort of decode most oh. of it for me maybe we should have had him on there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoops <laughs> um so uh frankie tell us about the game was it a good one and yes it was a really good one it was a classic apparently like i, I am i'm not a nfl expert by any means but it was a really really exciting game and um and yeah kept certainly kept me awake until four <laughs> yeah and, and what did you think of uh, rihanna shelley yeah, I thought she was great. Um, I thought she was she was really good. She always is, right? She's got this cool confidence about her. And I loved that uh, she kind of shamelessly plugged in her product, Fenty, in the middle of her show. I thought that was a really nice touch. Well, she hasn't performed for a while, has she? No, so, yeah. And Fenty, Not it's all been about Fenty lately. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Sean, did you, you watch the halftime I did. I watched it this morning. I thought, yeah, it was amazing. What a spectacle! And and <laughs> like like the floating platforms were. You know, you've got a pregnant woman, sixty feet in the air. For God's sake, what are you thinking? <laughs> so, um, Sean, why don't you tell us a little bit about why um, the Super Bowl is such a big deal for brands in in, in the US? I mean, Super Bowl full stop is. Uh, I mean, it's just a huge family affair, uh, and like huge family affairs it's schmaltzy it's weird it's kind of uncomfortable at times uh, and it's it's dominated by dad jokes uh, more often than not um and, and you know it's that old saying about advertising you 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 know you're a gate crasher at the party and you either bring a you have to either bring a bottle or tell a joke you have to bring something of value and now uh, in this case it with super bowl it's often bring a plus one it's it's like celebrity is a security blanket oh, wow. and often yeah. it's not about how good it is you get the, you get the feeling it's not about how good it is it's about how big it is 
Yeah, I th- yeah, and and there were a lot of really big spots this year. And when you're paying, I think it's something like two hundred and thirty thousand dollars a second. Oh my gosh! You gotta go big or go home. Oh it's, my it's, gosh! It's just super American. Everything about it, even down to that sort of the cliche of. In America, we do things big. You know, mm. They really did. Mm-hmm. Um, Frankie, what are your thoughts? Like, you know, why why do brands pay so much money for? You know, is it worth it? Gosh, I mean, I do think you have a captive audience, especially when you have a a spectacle. You know, live event television is one of the few things where you can actually guarantee people are watching. That they're not skipping the ads. They're, you know, and and if you've built a culture around the anticipation of the ads. It is the one time in the year that you have families all together and and really, you know, as the closest thing you get to kind of almost like a captive audience. Mm. Um, and, and so that's why that I think why are you paying such a premium for it? Mm-hmm. Shelley, what did what did you make of some of the ads then? Um, yeah, I think it, it was really interesting. I thought it was a high standard. I think, um, you know, we we saw the the same themes emerge as every year, you know, just in terms of the budgets and the spends, they are astronomical. And I, while I do think, like you were saying, you guys were saying, it is important to advertise at the Super Bowl. You've got such a, you know, kind of captive audience with people really engaged. I don't know that you need to spend so much on celebs necessarily. Um, I feel like everyone thinks that, but I think, you know, the the crypto ad from last year with the simple QR code proves that, you don't. You don't need to do that. You just need a really interesting and engaging and surprising idea at the heart of it. And then the spend doesn't necessarily need to come from the celebs or from licensing, you know, films and music like we saw in so many of them. So much. Um, there were so many references that kind of used pop culture reunions and reenactment of films and, you know, redoing music. And there was so, so many of those themes emerging. Okay. Well, why don't we move on to the the main part of the podcast um, in reviewing the ads? So um, something, uh, obviously, I'm sure everybody has noticed about the M&M's mascots. So Miles Wrigley, the owner of um, M&M's, dropped the mascots. Well, they took a pause because they said they'd become politically polarizing. So this was quite a few weeks ago. And then um, then soon they introduced uh, actress Maya Rudolph as the new brand ambassador in an ad by BBDO New York in the run-up to the Super Bowl. And then during the game, the Eminem mascots announced their return. So why don't we have a little listen um, to their press conference style ad? I can't believe we were actually put on pause. Huh. Am I anxious about being back? Does it seem like I am? I'm glad to be back because this is what I was made for. I mean, as a walking, talking candy, my options are pretty limited. So, Sean, was this too much of an elaborate stunt? It, <laughs> it was definitely an elaborate stunt. Um, I guess we'll know uh, when we see how it plays out. Mm. It's um, It's been... I, I wasn't actually aware of the furore around the, the boots on the, on the green uh, M&M. But the, um, you know, it, it's, it, I, I was trying to work out the timing because when I've done Super Bowl ads in the past, you present towards the end of the summer and 
Okay. I, I was just trying to work out when when the Ferrari first broke out because Tucker Carlson went for them, didn't he? And then he he went back recently in the last week or two. He's mentioned it again. So. So he said they were too woke. Yeah. And then uh, and then this sort of the controversy died down. Everybody sort of got on with their lives. Mm. And then Tucker Carlson brought it back about a week ago. So I was trying to work out a whether they managed to get him involved. Mm. And but there is, you know, there there is a clear thing that they they got themselves into a difficult situation and they've lent into it. And it's you know, I was looking at the YouTube comments this morning on it. And it seems to be, seems to have kind of worked. But the the actual spot <laughs> itself was so weird. To, to, I don't know what you guys made of it, but it was like, uh, it had um, a Maya Rudolph do, yes, yes, with yes. clam fla- flavoured M&Ms. Odd, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. they've Frankie, properly gone for it. What did you think, Frankie? Yeah, I, I didn't really understand. I hadn't, I think. I was just reflecting on it there and wondering whether M&M's had sort of disappeared into their own PR story a bit because I just, you know, like sometimes you worry too much about what, you know, your own narrative. And I I feel like they're sort of countering a narrative that's got so layered that I'm not really sure what the ad was about. I mean, it was kind of funny and and like fun and, you know, I love Maya Rudolph, but I think, you know, if you haven't invested an awful lot of time worrying about, M&Ms and their political viewpoints over the last few years, weeks. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really. <laughs> I, I wonder whether they really needed to try that hard. But it was it was kind of a, a fun ad. And it felt like the beginning of the story of a story or, a, you know, I felt like, OK, what what am I missing here? Yeah, I mean, it was a quite a long run up to mm. like if, if this was the big reveal, you know, they're going to pause them and then bring them back. Or um, I'm sure that all um, kind of play out in the coming days or weeks but um so uh, Shelley what what was your what were your thoughts on this you know was it too long a run-up or I think it was too long a run-up but more so it's like you were saying a very elaborate run-up I think it was a bit overly complicated and it went over a lot of people's heads <laughs> you know it was a memorable ad but I'm not sure that it was for the right reasons from what I've read online people felt a little bit um like, first of all, people didn't understand it. And secondly, they felt a little bit cheated. You know, mm-hmm. I like that the brand was self-aware and reacted to popular opinion, but I'm sure there was like a simpler way to do that. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I like that they maintained like the the fun and the reverence of the brand with Maya Ru- Rudolph and the ad. But I mean, surely they could have chosen a better fake product than the clams, <laughs> something a little less disgusting that doesn't put you off. <laughs> just to make their point. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it was fun. I just think it was overly complicated. You know, was there enough chatter around M&Ms that it made people think about, you know, their snacks for watching the game? So would you pick up a bag of M&Ms? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely conversation around it, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I think I think to Frankie's point, there's sort of, are they just getting a bit lost in their own story? Perhaps. Okay, so let's move on. We have Michelob Ultra New Members Day by Wyden and Kennedy. The ad features Serena Williams and Brian Cox as they play golf and the succession star. So Brian Cox is Logan Roy in succession. He becomes more and more irate as the game doesn't go his way. Let's have a listen. I bet you slice it into the words. 
Lin. Be the ball. Shelley, what did you make of the ad? To be honest, I, I felt like it was yet another ad that reenacts an old film scene with like new well-known celebs, you know, like it's a bit like Groundhog Day with Jeep last year. It just I've seen that before um, a lot. And I, I just wish that rather than mimicking blockbusters, um, you know, the ads strive to rather become blockbuster entertainment themselves rather than just, you know, leveraging off existing films. Yes. So he, because Brian Cox kind of played that character, didn't he, in the, in, in the ad? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I do. I, I realise that it has, the brand has close ties to golf, which is obviously rising in popularity, and I, and I kind of admire the ambition that they're trying to make it more inclusive and all of that. I just didn't feel like it had a memorable or disruptive enough idea at the heart of it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't um it didn't leave me wanting to watch more like yeah it was a <laughs> okay. little bit forgettable for me but i you know as i thought the the acting was good and the casting was good frankie what are your thoughts are you, are you nodding there sort of felt like the ingredients of an ad rather than an ad i didn't really remember it you know like and i i guess my thing is um if you're going if you've got logan roy or brian cox like what an opportunity um, to create something you know like that's such a because he's not as overexposed as I would argue Serena Williams in terms of being in ads so it's it's a, it's yeah it felt like a, a slightly missed opportunity to do something really powerful with him. Mm-hmm. Sean were you disappointed as well? Or? Yeah and weirdly I, I, um, mostly in Brian Cox's performance. <laughs> yeah, it was really hammy, wasn't it? It was quite hammy. Yeah. It's like you've got you've got him if you've if you've bought him as Logan Roy, you you're not really using him as Logan Roy. You're using him as a sort of caricature beyond a caricature. It was just it was so hammy it was kind of uncomfortable. And and the other the other the other thing was the Caddyshack reference. It was interesting because I chatted to my kids about they had no idea what Caddyshack was. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so that was the film that it was, it, the scene was based on. Oh, and And that is part of the, I guess that is the, that is the, in a sense, the beauty of the Super Bowl spot, the, the occasion, the audience, because you've got different generations watching mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. So dad, dad might get something that the kids won't mm-hmm. get, that, that and the kids will get something, that, and they, there's a conversation there potentially. But yeah, I'd agree with the, the guys. Out of interest, have you all seen Caddyshack? Because I haven't watched okay, it. Okay, I, I, great. I'm glad it's not just me then. But yeah, it's an 80s <laughs> yeah. film that I like somehow eight, missed. It's, my... it's 1981 or something, isn't it? It's right. Like, yeah. It's a, it, but it's a golfer's film. It's I like see. A, yeah. It's not. I find a, it quite reassuring that we're still bringing back. We're bringing back movies that. I was too young to have seen that feels like okay shall we move on to uber so this one's called one hit by special group the ad also features a, another big name we have American rapper Diddy and he's asked to create a jingle for uber one let's have a little listen you want me to do a jingle oh it's not a jingle one hit for uber one no that sounds like a jingle to me Diddy don't do jingles we're talking about a hit song 
Wanna hit? Uber One can save you on rides and eats. Yeah, it's kinda sweet. That's cool. What else we got? Frankie, what did you make of it? I think this was probably my favourite of the picks um, that you sent over. It was quite nice. The process was quite satisfying. The fact that they tried out a bunch of songs and then the one they landed on really was like quite an ear, like quite an earworm. Like it was a bit mm. of a like an insight, sort of a nice creative process really yeah. for, for us as creatives to watch. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, that is the best one. And then I think the line was something like, get that in your ears or in your head or something. Um, and I thought, it, I, yeah, I mean, again, a lot of tropey, super bowly, lots of licensing and money being thrown around um, and cameos and stuff. But I, it had a joy to it that they'd managed with all of those ingredients and all of those agents and contracts and financial pressures. They, they, there was still some, I, th- I thought, some real fun in it, which you obviously can get sort of even de- like sort of dra- dragged out of something when you've got that many people involved. Yeah, yeah. Shelley, what, what did you think? Yeah, I, same. I really enjoyed it. It was really entertaining. Um, I love that they used the music as like a shameless memory hack to get all their proof points across. I don't know if anyone did it quite so as effectively. Um, I'm still like singing that Uber One Saves Me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was smart to use so many different music genres, you know, when you're appealing to such a large audience, you know, because you're just appealing to so many different tastes, um, music tastes. So they did that well. And then, uh, yeah, I loved the use of Didier as the master of ceremonies. And again, he had, and I only know this because we worked on his uh, tequila brand, De Leon, but I love that he had that product placement right there oh, good, <laughs> on good the table. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. like, uh, you know, it's a bit like Rihanna advertising Fenty in her show. Um, I thought that was great. My only question was, you know, I, I feel like another brand could have done it. The, the idea wasn't that closely related to the product. You know, anyone could have come up with a one hit for their brand. It wasn't distinctive to uber but i thought it was great also it was one of my favorites very entertaining yeah i mean i it was it was really well made it was tight whereas like the previous one less so i thought and um it does what american ads do very well they sort of they they they're really brazen with the proposition and then they make that that gives them permission to do to to have a bit of fun with it but they kept going with the, with the proposition <laughs> and they did it in kind of a yeah a really good way i thought yeah. um i did i thought the interaction between diddy and his sort of executive assistant were really that was really good uh, it was really funny but and yeah, they can I, speak I swedish <laughs> they yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> brilliant oh, well that's good that there's a i was worried they were going down a we don't like any of these ads kind of rich, but... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um okay so let's move on to bud light hold by anomaly and it stars top gun mavericks miles teller and his wife kelly who is also an actress um and they make light of being put on hold for customer services let's take a little listen the estimated hold time is now less than 96 minutes So, Sean, how many times have you heard that music? (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I really like Miles Teller and I struggle to like this. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's just not a lot there to like, is there? It's mm. sort of... Um, I was thinking, would anybody share that other than a, an ardent Miles Teller uh, fan? And their massive home. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was just a bit... It was really cheesy, wasn't it? I mean, it was sort of slightly creepy in parts. <laughs> I thought... I wasn't a fan. I don't know what you guys made of it. Shelley? Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. It's such a sweet moment. It's almost, even for Bud Light, it feels a little bit too light. You need to shout at the Super Bowl and it didn't do that. The only thing I did like is I know there's been a lot of conversation about that Cisco hold music. Yes. You know, and the guy who created it, he was 16 when he created it. He obviously didn't make much out of it. So I'm hoping that through this ad, maybe he could, you know, get Aww. a bit of the royalties that he That's deserves. So sweet, yeah. Shelley. <laughs> um, yeah, and also it has a French bulldog, and and anyone who knows me knows that I'm absolutely obsessed with them. Uh, I have one called Marcel, who's the love of my life. So. I was so, wondering yeah, when you were going to drop that in about your dog. Yeah, I needed to find some outlet just to get that in there, but um, but he's far less cooperative than the one in the commercial. I can tell you that. <laughs> Frankie, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was quite charming. I can sort of imagine their, their, their idea was more like everyone's going to shout and do multiple scenes set in space, and you know, why, why don't we just do something intimate and maybe it will stand out? And who knows, in the context of the noise, of of actually watching it in 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 situ, maybe it would have been a quite a a nice sort of tonal shift so maybe it would have been effective I don't know um but yeah I, I, so so you're I, saying I, like when what during the Super Bowl it may have landed in a different exactly, way exactly like mm. what yeah I mean if you're going to question sort of like you can imagine the conversations that were like everybody goes bombastic for the Super Bowl you know why don't we do something really really kind of like intimate and small and with a real couple and um so I can sort of see the the thinking and like Shelley says it's supposed to be like light but maybe maybe it is a, so light that it kind of you forgot about it the minute it ended. Mm, mm, okay. So next we've got Pepsi. Great acting or great taste by VaynerMedia. So this is um, another actor in this. So many big names on there. Uh, ben Stiller stars in this one for it's Pepsi Zero Sugar and it harks back to quite a few of his previous roles. We've got Zoolander, There's Something About Mary. So why don't we have a little listen before we talk about it? The real is real. But it's not real, it's just acting. Wow, that's like really good. Or was I just acting? Only way to know is to try it for yourself. This is really, really ridiculously good tasting. Okay, Frankie, what did you think? I just don't really know what to say about it. It's so like, dial a Super Bowl ad, you know, like reviving old parts. A little bit of a kind of, oh, am I even in this ad? Am I even telling? Do I even like the beer? I I don't know. I was, is it beer, Pepsi, whatever it was. Um, <laughs> it's Pepsi. Sorry. I, I, I thought this was, I felt really cynical um, and made me like Ben Stiller a lot less than I did before. <laughs> Shelley. I actually, Frankie so rolling I your eyes. It, I say. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I, there was also a Steve Martin one that I saw, which I actually yes, thought was yes. better. Um, but I liked like playing into the advertising tropes and and 
you know, making people question about like whether it's real or challenging them to try it for themselves. I thought it was kind of brave and fresh. I mean, it's quite punchy, you know, to suggest that the stars you're paying to play in your Super Bowl could be lying about how your product tastes, you know, so try it for yourself. And they actually put the money where their mouths are and let people try it. You know, they gave out 10 million free cans, uh, I think. Um, so, I, yeah, I thought it was confident and brave. I, I liked the acting. Um, it kind of had a reason for it. Uh, I just, I mean, I guess it's easy to do that when you've done a lot of, you know, consumer research and know for a fact that people actually prefer this taste to the old formula. So you can, you know, have a bit of fun with that. But I did, yeah, I did find it quite entertaining. And so it's, it's a little bit like, um, you know, the old Tide ad where they poke fun at all the other commercials. It's like, you know, everyone has acting in their ad. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny and entertaining. Sean? Yeah, I, that is the bit I liked about it. I liked the fact it was self-aware that they'd they'd said, right, everybody's going to be using celebrities who have up until now I had nothing to do with this product <laughs> and uh, uh and it sort of played with that idea I thought um which which was which was funny uh, mm-hmm. and weird there's like a direct response ad at the end they're, they're like they get quite <laughs> hard into the call to action to go and try something now try it now um but yeah I think I, I, I agree on the the uh, Steve Martin one was funny uh, slightly better I thought you guys have sold it to me now I'm totally on board it's a great sense. <laughs> Frankie's all over it now. <laughs> no, Try it for yourself, Frankie. I mean, don't let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that is the interesting thing of like, I didn't, I found it superficial enough that so I didn't read too much into it. But actually, you know, there it was actually working harder on another level, which I think is, you're right. Great. And finally, we have Doritos Try Another Angle by Goodby Silverstein and Partners. We see a man in a recording studio inspired by the triangle and quits his rap music career for the triangle and a comedic narrative unfolds. Let's take a listen. You gonna quit rap for a triangle? I gotta do me, Missy. No, no, no. It's ding, 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 ding. Not ding, 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 ding. Jack Harlow did it again. Ding, ding, ding. So, Shelley, what did you think? I was a bit torn about this because, I mean, yeah, there were lots of pros and cons. I think I love the fact that they use the triangle, you know, to create distinctiveness. I mean, it, it's clearly for Doritos and that triangle is instantly recognisable. But I just... I mean, it had all the right ingredients. It had the celebs, you know, it had the music and the, but I just didn't, somehow I didn't find it as entertaining as the Uber one. So like where the Uber one maybe didn't have the distinctiveness that this one did, I just thought that that one was much more entertaining. I don't know if it's the fact that this was almost too branded, (laughs) like which (laughs) made it less memorable um, Mm. or the fact that, you know, Jack Harlow maybe wasn't as entertaining as Diddy, I don't know, but the ingredients were there, but it just didn't add up to being overall as entertaining or funny as as some of the others, I thought. Mm. Frankie? I wholeheartedly agree with with that. There was 
that there was just something missing and every as every scene kind of played out you're just a bit like uh-huh you know like like oh more yeah. triangles how, how else can we get triangles in yeah. here yeah, yeah I get it okay and and I guess you know to, to your point about the last one the Pepsi ad being you know really building on a historic platform of taste what is it actually telling me other than the shape of the chip I, yeah like like so even you put sort of pure entertainment value aside maybe I don't engage with that artist as as much what's it actually telling me about the product that it's a triangle I know that already sorry to interrupt but I actually thought the stuff that they did around the ad was more interesting than the ad itself like the stuff that they did um around the triangle scheme on on Twitter you know, and they created uh, an ad in the metaverse and encouraged people to to use the triangle to create their own content. I thought that stuff was more interesting than than the actual commercial. Yeah, yeah, th- that's another example, isn't it, of like kind of doing stuff around it and, and the yeah. run up, I suppose, to to the Super Bowl. Um, Sean, Sean, what did you make of the? I quite liked it. You liked it, great. I did quite like it. I I like Jack Harlow though. I, he it was mm. really good casting from that point of view because. He's, he is quite self-effacing. He is prepared to have uh, a, a laugh at his own expense. And and he has been overlooked at, uh, you, know, it, you know, people know he's been overlooked at award events. So the end with Elton was kind of funny. Yeah. You know, I think I think if you like him, and I suspect yeah. your average your average 20-something market might, I find it quite entertaining, but it was a Jack Harlow story. I, I you know, and the great, there, there really isn't much to say other than that it's triangular, <laughs> but they did, and they did milk that pretty strong, but yeah, uh, yeah Toblerone did that for quite a while and it seemed to work. I, 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 I kind of enjoyed it. Okay, so um, that's the uh, reviews done. Let's move on to the final part of the podcast. I'm calling this Touchdown and Fumble. Now, these terms, I had literally no idea what they were before I researched the podcast. Um, So I've asked our esteemed guests to choose an ad that they love and one that they didn't. So, Sean, would you like to kick off? Yes. Yeah, I actually, the the popcorners got a lot of love. And I kind of liked it as as a sort of, uh, uh, but my I, the Adam Driver Squarespace ad I really I really liked it just yeah. tickled me, yeah. and and it's again it does that thing that American ads do so well it takes the proposition and it just tells you it again and again but in in an interesting way. So this is Adam Driver saying so this is a website so, that calls a we- yeah it's a mm. website that makes web websites. That makes sense. <laughs> so it could have made itself, <laughs> and it just keeps keeps riffing off that. Yeah. And uh, it, you know, and again, it's back to what something that Frankie was saying earlier. It's it's understanding. You're going to have a lot of celebrities. You're going to have a lot of big noise, yeah. and there's something slightly weird and philosophical <laughs> in the middle of this. And I thought that was I thought that was really good. Um, I really hated the, is it Rakuten ad? Yes, yes. Uh, with the, which was a remake of Clueless with Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just bad on every level. And and I find the John Travolta uh, T-Mobile ad, it was like, oh, wow. 
Oh gosh, That's, tell us about that one. So I, I he's know. singing "You're the One That I Want," oddly with the bloke from Scrubs as well. <laughs> and the, it's like it's one of those you watch it and go, "Is this going to go really right or really wrong?" And I, I, you know, maybe for some people it went really right. <laughs> Didn't do that for okay. me. And it was, um, you know, it, I guess that's you know, to, to, so to to sum up, if if you spend all that money and you're you're just producing a sort of uh, blow parse Saturday mm-hmm. Night Live sketch, then yeah, kind of yeah. you might want to think again. Yeah. Okay, so Frankie, what about yours? Um, well, Sean has stolen my favorite, so I'm just going to build on because <laughs> I loved it, and I, I actually. It was one of the ones that I properly engaged with the pre-launch of it as well. They did this like behind the scenes thing where they had multiple Adam drivers like arguing with each other about their performance and sitting in the green room and stuff. And it was like really well done. And again, just getting that away, like being able, I mean, I know Squarespace are so good. I mean, their body of work, any anyone would want on their reel. And also they, I think that because they have such a good sort of, um, form of working with celebrities in a really meaningful way it didn't feel as kind of as a sort of dialed in as mm, some of the others that's true they yeah really tailor their ads to the people in them and and they're good at it and so you know Adam Diver is the right person to have that philosophical thought and to argue with himself and to be conflicted about how many you know so I loved that but in it just I'll give you another one so that we're not all talking about the same ad I really also did enjoy the Jennifer Coolidge um very very quick you know down and dirty kind of to camera but I think a little bit reactive building on something she said about wanting to play a dolphin and I just you know it's it was done by the guy that directed White Lotus and I like that I like sort of when a a director who doesn't need to do an ad but obviously they have a really fun relationship and they've decided to do a little offshoot and and build on that it sort of made me like the world of white lotus even more yeah so so just just to explain so jennifer coolidge is like one of the the main actors in in uh, the white lotus um and then so tell us what brand was it for I, i can't remember it's for Elf Cosmetics. Um, yeah, and it riffs on recent comments she made um, that her ultimate dream role would be to play a dolphin. Um, and it was co-written by Mike White, who directed White Lotus. And yeah, it's, it's, it was a much, again, a much smaller affair. But she's, you know, she's so sort of captivating and funny that it was, it was joyful, a different tone. Yeah, and, and an ad that you didn't like then? I think one ad that I felt a bit disappointed by was the Amazon ad um just purely because they've been so funny and really made me laugh in the past and they've obviously going for a new tone of voice and so I think that was probably one that I'll I'll need to get used to that new new tone of voice for Amazon not saying it was a bad ad I just always look forward to their their humor. Shelley would you like to share your touchdown and fumble? So controversially I'm only going to share touchdowns because (laughs) I just um I know, you know, how hard it is to get a Super Bowl ad out and just how much goes into it and stuff. And I just feel like there were so many great ones. It feels wrong to, you know, kind of uh, poo-poo any ones that went through all the pain to get it out there. Um, So, yeah, one of my favorites, and I I don't know if I'm pronouncing this brand right, so forgive me if I'm not, but Tubi, Mm -hmm. it stood out for me like... Well, firstly, it kind of dominated the conversation on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it because, A, it didn't use celebs for celebs' sake. 
but um, it used the media around it in a really surprising way. And all of it was done to just serve a really simple idea. The, basically, the idea is that there's so much you know, to stream on Tubi that you'll go down this rabbit hole. And they did that in a really entertaining way. Um, and they kind of, what I like is they took a negative, you know, going down the rabbit hole is not perceived as something positive, but they kind of turned it into a positive, you know, because yeah. of all the content that they house and, and, and own. And then they did um, this really funny thing with the media where um, they did this interface interruption. So it looked like you were watching the game, but actually you went down this other rabbit hole of going on to, to their platform which I thought was really smart, you know, like working with the context of the game, almost like it's like street art in a way, you know, drawing from the context of its surroundings. So I thought that was really clever. Um, and the fact that it was just such a simple idea and it made such a loud noise. So that was one. Um, another one, I, and I'm torn because I've actually listed like six that I love, but I'll just <laughs> tell you my favorite two. I mean, um, but I kind of, I kind of loved the simplicity of the Google Pixel ad because I thought it was based on a real and relatable insight. And uh, while, like as we've discussed, all the ads have all the ingredients of you know the celebrities and all of that stuff, I thought that this really took those ingredients and did it in the right way. It was a good insight. And was baked into the product experience. I mean, not a lot of these ads actually told you much about the product, but this no. one really, really told you about the product experience. And then it delivered it with celebs in kind of a smart way that was tailored to the celebs and their personalities. Um, you know, I don't know if it's if the vignettes are necessarily the funniest that they could have been, or if this was if this had the same punch as their Dear Sophie ad of a few years ago or any yeah. of that, but I just felt like it was one of the few ads that really delivered a real product benefit in quite an insightful and relatable way and and, and did that in quite a stylish way with the celebs that they used. Um, so really super simple and I like it for that cause. And yes, I have a Two others, but I won't mention them because I know we're running out of time. But, um, most surreal moment. Most surreal moment. Will anyone forget the Paramount um, Sylvester Stallone as a booger on Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> nose? <laughs> I was like, what? What? That was, a, that was an odd one that as well, was wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That was Droga 5 New York, so I'm sure Shelley. Was that? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Fantastic. <laughs> Gives new meaning to the word Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note, that is all we have time for today. So thank you, Frankie, Shelley and Sean for joining me today. Um, so if you would like to learn more about what we have been discussing today, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us and leave a review wherever you listen to our podcasts. A big thank you to Haymarket Studio Manager Nav Powell and also to our producer Lindsay Riley from Rethink Audio. Also to you for listening. I hope you will join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye. Goodbye.